You're welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Chinedu Nwosu of The Bridge, A Simple Church. Stay back and be blessed. Which is truly prophetic, knowing that this month is our month of no fear. Ah, no fear. Somebody say no fear. You can't be, you can't afford to be afraid. You can't afford to be afraid. This is the month of no fear. And God is silencing every voice of fear. Every arrow of fear that's been sent to your heart. We vanquish and we bring to naught this morning in the name of Jesus. Well, just by way of announcement before I go into the word of God this morning. I want you to please book down in your calendar something very important which will start on the 29th of this month, 29th of November, and I believe we'll run to the 3rd or so, the 3rd of uh, December. Uh, it's our end of year prayer, fasting, and communion service. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should be excited about that one. We're going to pray and fast from the 29th of November uh, to 30th to the 31st to the first and I believe is second that's the Saturday when we end just about four or five days of waiting upon the Lord as we prepare for the end of the year and prepare for all the merriment and all the excitement and everything at the end of the year and I've called it supercharge supercharge somebody say make sure you don't miss supercharge yeah, it's time to charge up your spirit. You know when something is already full and then you want to add top up on it? That's called supercharge. So you need to supercharge your spirit, supercharge your mind, supercharge your soul as we prepare to walk into the amber months. So you want to please join us. And in the mornings, we're going to pray online, connect to Dr. C online, and in the evenings, we're going to meet at Silverbird where we'll also break our fast and then we'll pray together. Please, I want to beg you, I want to see everybody be part of it be part of it get yourself charged up for the end of the year so it starts on the 29th and then it runs to 2nd of december hallelujah before i go forward i think it's only fair that we celebrate voltage these guys are phenomenal thank you please help me love on these guys yeah love on these guys these guys are anointed they carry power glory to god Hallelujah. Now, go to your Bibles and move to Numbers chapter 13. Let's read verse 1 and then we'll jump, verse 1 and 2 rather, and then we'll jump all the way to verse 30 and 33. Numbers chapter 13, Numbers 13 verse 1 and 2 and then we'll move all the way to verse 30 to 33 i hope you came to church with your bibles this sunday morning anybody come to church with their bible lift it up above your head say this is my bible oh this is just to challenge those who don't come to church with their bibles lift it up and say this is my bible i have to bring it to church every sunday and i have to i can't hear you say this is my bible i can't hear you i say those who have their bible they say this is my bible even if it's in your iPad, this is my iPad, it contains my Bible. This is my phone, it contains my Bible. But the point is, this is my Bible. And I make it a sense of duty to bring it when I come to the house of the Lord. Even though I know that my project the scripture on the screen, 
it's still better to have my Bible so I can read it for myself just in case the pastor doctors what is on the screen and gives me the wrong scriptures. Once again, say, this is my Bible. It contains the word of God for me. All the promises of God are inside here. If I can read my Bible, I can know exactly what the Lord is saying to me. Everything in the scriptures is God speaking to me. I don't need any other voice. All I need is the word of God for this is the word of God to me. Oh, somebody say it has life. The word of God contains life. It contains the promise and my inheritance. Once again, say this is my Bible. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13, uh, reading from verse 1. Maybe you can just listen as I read to your hearing. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, everyone a ruler among men. Now let's jump to verse 30. Scroll down with your eyes all the way to verse 30. And if it's your Bible, you can mark it. Verse 30 then says, And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are strong, stronger than we. And they brought an evil report of the land which had, they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, The land through which we had gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. And there, were, and there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were... In our own eyes or in our sight as grasshoppers and we were in their sight as well as grasshoppers for particular emphasis I want you to go to verse 33 verse 33 he says say after me say and this is what they said hello say, after me, say this is what they said that we saw the giants I can't hear you. What did he say? Aha, uh -huh. are you guys sleeping? All right. The sons of Anak, which come out of the giants. And this is what they said. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. That is what they said. This is not what I am saying. This is not what I want you to say. Look at your neighbor. Say, this is not what I want you to say. Say, God did not say that. They said it. Some of them said it. Say, the Bible didn't really say that. They said it. The Bible is reporting what they said. Now, look at your neighbor. Say, what should you say? Look at someone. Say, what should you say? Tell your neighbor, this is what you should say. We are not grasshoppers. We are not grasshoppers. We are not grasshoppers. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not a grasshopper. 
Say you are not a grasshopper. Say they might be grasshoppers, but we are not grasshoppers. For a particular discourse this morning, my might indicts a matter. And he says to tell you that we are not grasshoppers. You are not a grasshopper. We are not grasshoppers. I'm not an insect. I ain't no grasshoppers. I am not a grasshopper. One more time say we are not grasshoppers. Father we thank you. Bow your heads. Thank you because we know that you are here already. Thank you because your word reverberates in our ears. And we will not leave here until it takes root in our hearts concerning what you have said to us. In this month, the prophetic word is that there be no fear. And so we stand upon that prophetic word, activate it, so that the words we hear in the next few minutes will mean something extraordinarily different to us because it is your word. So, Father, I hide behind the cross. I hide behind the anointing over this house. and say, Father, do what you will do. Speak to who you will speak. Touch the life that you will touch before the service is over. Let's leave here with a renewed zeal, gospel, and vitality. Reminding ourselves that they may be grasshoppers, but we are not grasshoppers. Thank you, mighty Father. We'll give you the glory. And all the praise in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody shout aloud, amen. 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 You are not a grasshopper. If there's anything I want you to take out of this service this morning, it is what the Lord is saying to you, that you are not a grasshopper. You are not small, so small that they can trample upon you. Even if you are small, you're still not a grasshopper. Even if you don't have so much money in your bank account, you are not a grasshopper. Nobody has a right to trample upon you because you carry the presence of God on the inside. And as one great man said several years ago, Smith Wugel, what he said something profound he said I am 1,000 times bigger on the inside than on the outside I am 1,000 times bigger on my inside than I am on the outside I am 1,000 times greater on my inside than I am on the outside say that with me say I'm 1,000 times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside In our text, Moses sends out under the instruction of Yahweh some people, men, not just men, actually leaders. Not just leaders, but what you will eventually come to see in my sermon as reporters. He sent out some reporters. The way you will send out a correspondent to the field to go and get information and relay back to the the center or to the anchors of a particular show. So Moses sends out 12 men he sends them out as they have just come into they have just left Egypt and now they were about to walk into their inheritance Moses under the instruction of God sends them out to go and spy the land and come back with report so they took off for 40 days there were 12 men they were not just normal men they were leaders in their tribes they were experts in the tribe people who were were men of renown and people that you had to listen to when they spoke people of authority so Moses sent them out and said go and get us information on this land that God has given 
given to us. I want to start first by telling you or asking us and, uh, and quizzing the text and uh, asking myself, um, why will God ask you to go and spy on something he has already given you? Is in the text. The Bible starts by saying that I have given you a land. He didn't say I'm trying to give you a land. God didn't tell the children of Israel I'm trying to give you this city. He didn't say I'm trying to give you this property. He didn't say I'm trying to give you care. I said no, I have given it to you already. But I want you to go and spy it out. Why will God want you to go and check out something that you already have? Why will God want you to go and examine something that he has already given to you? I thought it was mine. Why don't I just walk into it? Why don't I just walk into it? And it happens to us sometimes that God says, I'm going to do this in your life. I'm going to bring you to this place. I'm going to do this in your marriage. I'm going to move you to another level. But then God also tells you to go and spy out that thing that I want you to do. Why will God do that? We see from the text that God did that because sometimes God wants to reveal to you the magnanimity and the enormity and the greatness of the miracle that is about to bring you into where he has promised for you to get to. Listen to me very carefully. Because if you don't see what it was before you get there, you might never appreciate what it took for God to bring you there. Am I talking to somebody? If God doesn't give you a sneak peek of what it looks like, you might never really appreciate what it took for you to get there. You might think you just got there anyhow. You would know that God had to walk a few things into position to bring you to that place. So sometimes he reveals the enormity, the largeness of the place. So God wants to give you a car, for example. And he places it in your hand that's going to give you a car before the end of the year. And then, and then along the line, somebody tells you, how much would that car even cost? Somebody was asking me, the other day, uh, how much does this car even cost? See, I, I, I have this, I'm excited. I think God is going to bless me with this car. But he now asked me, how much does the car even cost? I told the person, it's like 20 million. It's like 20 million. I'm dreaming of something that, where will I get the 20 million from? So sometimes, God will make you understand paint a picture of how big that thing is so you will know what kind of miracle he had to walk to bring you to where he's bringing you to that was what he did with the 12th side he given them the land already but he told them go and spy it so you will see the giants that are in the land so you will see that these were the sons of Anak, the Nephilim, the great men. They were heavy men of stature. They are the ones already in the land. You will see that they had occupied the place completely. So that by the time I bring you there, you will know that it couldn't have been you. It had to be something on the inside. It had to be that there was a super upon the natural. It had to be that there was extra upon the ordinary to take you there. It needs something on top of what I have to bring me to where God is bringing you. Why? So that I will know how to give him the glory. Those who struggle to give God the glory are those who think they got there by themselves. Those who struggle to testify are those who think it just happened by happenstance. They didn't know that God had to push some things, had to move some things into position for you to get to where you are. That little account, that, uh, that increase in your salary, you don't know how it came about. You, you think because you're so cute and because you work so hard. Others have worked harder and could not get it, but God had to reveal to them how mighty what he had to do in their lives or else they will never appreciate it. 
So the 12 spies went. And typically, as it will be in our days, they came back with two reports. There are always two sides to everything. They came back with two reports. And I want to call the first report what I call the majority report. And call the second one what I call the minority report. So they came with two reports. Ten of them came with the majority report. What was the majority report? Number one. We are grasshoppers as compared to them. Number two. This is absolutely impossible for us to achieve. These are the sons of Anak, the Nephilim. The Nephilim were the great men that lived in Genesis chapter 6. They were a hybrid between God, between angels and men. They were strong men of war, notorious men. For some reason, for some reason, they believed that these guys were descendants from those guys. So it means to defeat them, you must carry something else. So they came and they said, though, these guys are men. They said, in fact, they said, what was the report? That the land is too dangerous. The land will consume those that enter there. The land is difficult. They came back with a report and said the economy is too bad. That everything is getting so horrible. They came back with a report that the sickness that the sickness that the doctor saw in your body, this one has no cure. They came back with a report that, 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 that this one the sickness or the cancer has spread from where it was and gone to other parts of the body. They came back with a report that the exam is so difficult only a few people can pass it. It's so difficult. It's not working. They came back with a terrible report. And notice that this report was from the experts. They were from the leader cons consultants. And we live in a time where experts are talking. We live in a time where consultants are talking. People who be, you believe should know something about that area, they're talking. They are the ones speaking. They are the ones... You listen to the news and they, when they finish sharing the particular news, you know how they do it? They now call the experts. They call the experts. They call the consultants. Those who have PhD, those who are experts. They come and when they finish breaking down the thing, the fear that they live in your heart is worse than the news that they gave you before. Because the experts have a way of painting it to be as scary as possible. So while you are quick to, to judge the children of Israel for being afraid and for being angry and being worried, you must realize that they were getting information from the experts. They have spoken to the marriage experts. And the marriage experts said, when you have this problem, have that problem, ah, the marriage cannot work. Just break up. They have spoken to the health experts. When we see this kind of thing in your body, ah, the prognosis is poor. They had spoken to the experts. Your finances are so bad that even if they were to give you a million naira now, you cannot change the trajectory of where you are going. The thing is going down. The experts had given. The security is so bad that even if you carry a, uh, you enter a, a tank, what's that thing called? This armored tank, and you're driving around, they can still find you there and throw a bomb beside of you. So, so the experts have spoken. So this majority report was not just, uh, it was the experts speaking, it was the consultants speaking, and it was also what many of them were saying. So just because many of them were saying it, doesn't necessarily mean that is what it is. Stop saying everybody is saying it. So what if they are saying it? There were 12 of them, 10 came back with a majority report. So everybody is saying it. Everybody believes it. But that is not what God said. I'll come to that later. The majority report, what everybody's saying, is too difficult. It can't work. This thing can't happen. This country is too hard. 
In the next, next year, the country will divide. They have said it before. We're not here. The experts have said that the country will divide when we turn how much. Not 2015, we're not standing here. 100 years, right? We are still here. They said that COVID, when COVID comes to Africa, all of us will fall in like flies. Are we not standing here today? The majority report. More COVID. We didn't, are we not standing here? Some of us had COVID. We didn't even know we had COVID. We were running around playing football. Yet the experts said when you have it, you will collapse and you will die. The experts had spoken. The majority. But then another group came. And these were just two men. Oh, I love those two men. It was Caleb and Joshua. They came and they said, look, we know that you guys are experts. Well, we too, we're experts too. Just as you are experts, we are experts. And they said, they brought what I call the minority report. And the minority report was very simple. He said, if God said it, it might not be what we are seeing, but I believe it, and that settles it. They said, uh, even though we are small, we are not yet grasshoppers. Even though we are very few, we are not grasshoppers. Even though they are bigger than us. Ah, they might be bigger than us, but they're not bigger than what is inside of us. They might be wealthier than us, but they're not wealthier than who is backing us up. Ah. So, so they, they came and they said, look, they said, Caleb said, come down, be still. Let us go and take the city at once. Why? Because if God said it's our own, it's our own and we will take it. Even if there are anarchs there, even if there are giants there, it's not an issue. I will take the city. I will take the job. My marriage will make it. My resources will increase. My money will increase. My business will thrive. Even if the economy is bad. Why? Because God said it. And if God said it, I believe it. And that settles it. That is the minority report only two people were speaking and ten. Oh, be careful that you are listening to the quiet and the simple voices don't get carried away by the colorful voices we live in the exact same times today don't get carried away by what the crowd is doing there are certain businesses that are thriving now that we never knew existed before don't get carried away because everybody is saying it But before, before we go, let me just give you five minutes because of time. I want to just list out, and oh yeah, I forgot. Now, the majority report, and this is what caught my fancy, was that God, in trying to describe this majority report, actually said this majority report was an evil report. Excuse me, Father. Why was it an evil report? The men only said what they saw. What made it evil? They said what they saw. They were reporting what they saw. They were reporting what they heard. They were reporting their own perception of the situation. But God frowned and said, ah, these men, you have brought an evil report upon the camp and this is what will happen to you. You will wander around for another 40 years he said, because you went to spy out and it took you 40 days, now it's going to take you 40 years. You will wander around until all of you die because you brought an evil report. You will not walk into that place of promise that I had given to you. And you will continue to wander because you brought an evil report. Why was it an evil report? Number one, if you are right and take note, this will help you. It was an evil report because it was based on sight not on the word of God 
it was based on what they saw, not on what God said. Listen to me very carefully. I'll say it again. It was based on what men said, not what God said. It was an evil report because it was based on what they saw, what they heard. Be careful with the things you see, the things you hear, because they might make you produce an evil report when they contend with what God said. Caleb and Joshua came and they said what God said. They said, let us go and take the city because it has been given to us already. God said it's our city. So even if there are giants there, I refuse to go by what I see, but what I what God said what are the things you see around you what are the things you see around you what are the things you hear and when you use the word sight there we mean the five senses what are the things you hear what are the things you touch what are the things you see those things have the capacity to struggle with what God said they simply believed what they saw more than what God said Nothing, if God could get upset, I'll say this. Nothing upsets God more than when you believe what somebody said more than what he said. In fact, not even God, even me as an individual. If I tell you, I tell my wife, I did this or I went there and somebody said it's not true. And you believe somebody else over me, nothing can infuriate me more than that. You've got to believe me because I'm in a relationship with you. Because I love you and because I've done everything for you. So if I tell you this is what I said, believe me over them. But they believed what they saw more than what God said. To God, that was an evil thing. So I want you to see the way God sees it. Anytime you believe what the experts are saying in the news more than what God told you, you are doing an evil thing. Anytime you believe what the doctors said concerning your prognosis of the sickness or the thing in your body, more than what God said, you are doing an evil thing before God. That's number one. Number two, because of time. Oh, I love this. I'm excited. Number two, they based their report based on the facts, not faith. Is it a fact that there were giants in that land? Yes. Is it a fact that the giants were strong and they're mighty? Yes. Is it a fact that the Israelites, if you know them, they were really very small people, that they were small? Yes. But God knew all that when he told them he had given them the land. You think God was surprised that the Anak and those men were there? No, he knew. So that whenever you are going to bring anything that God has done to you, always consider what God said. Look, you cannot... I heard a story about a man of God who did something. Not that I'm trying to justify it. It wasn't right. So when he did this in, in a contrite spirit, in a broken spirit, he was speaking to his mentor and his mentor was trying to counsel him and he said to his mentor, I don't think I can ever do, I can, I can ever serve God again. Uh, I don't think the ministry can ever go forward again because this is what I did. I think I'm going to leave the ministry. I'm going to just run out and go and do something else. And the man told him something profound. I've never forgotten that. I heard it several years ago. He said, it's good that you feel this way. At least you're broken and you're contrite. But let me ask you a question. Did you think God who knows all things did not know that you will make this decision at this point. Yet he committed this ministry to you. 
Do you think you are now smarter than God? That God who saw in the future and knew that this will happen to you at this point in time, that you will make this terrible decision, but still felt he was okay for him to commit unto you this great ministry. Do you think God is now surprised? Does God get a new idea? Does God get an aha moment where he goes like, oh, I didn't know, I shouldn't have. No, God is not like that. God is the embodiment of all knowledge. The Bible calls him, uh, oh, Gabada, Gabada, omniscient. Omniscient means that he has all knowledge and there is no knowledge existing outside of him see you only say aha when you get a new idea something you didn't know before so you go like wow that's a revelation you get revelations God never gets a revelation that's right God never gets a revelation there is nothing that is unveiled to him and you he knows it all so when you when it happened to you God already knew that that will happen and he made provision he made a shock absorber and guess who was it I was one of those that God put in the process that when you fall I will come and speak to you and put you back into position so get up my son go and do what God wants you to do. Why? Because you did not get here by accident. Because God had made provision for your restoration so you can get back on position. God knows all things. So God knew that there will be the anarch there. God knew that there will be difficulties ahead. God knew that at some point the economy of Nigeria was going to get that bad. God knew that at some point they'll be stealing all the oil in the Niger Delta. God knew at some point the dollar will go up that high. God knew at some point everybody you want to run out of Nigeria yet he said stay here stay here he said continue what you're doing stay in the marriage God knew that he was going to have an affair but he put you there God knew that she was going to run off with one guy but he put you there God knew because he's omniscient he knows all things he doesn't get an aha moment and he committed it to you because you are the one who is meant to carry it to the next level. So as far as God was concerned, they based it on facts. Is it a fact that the economy of Nigeria is dwindling? Yes. Is it a fact that, uh, what are the other facts? There's insecurity everywhere. Yes. Is it a fact that, uh, what? Kidnappers? <laughs> yes. It's a fact. But I don't live my life according to facts. I'm sorry. I live my, my, my life according to faith. According to what God said. That thing he said is able to keep me. He's able to bring me back. He's able to connect me. He's able to lift me up. He's able to take me to my Canaan, to my promised land. So all I do is I hang on to what he said. Not just because it's for my benefit, but above all because when I don't do that, uh, God sees it as evil. It was an evil report. Look at somebody say, may God not see your next action as an evil action. May God not see your next report or the next thing you say as an evil thing. Number two, number three, because of time. Ooh, this is exciting. This is the best part. Ah, Nakazivadas. It was an evil report because they based their report based on self, not on God. All they saw was themselves. In fact, it's so annoying, it's so annoying that they said to themselves that we are like grasshoppers in our sight and also in their sight. Who told you they were seeing you as a grasshopper? 
You need to read between the lines. You never ask them if they saw you as a grasshopper. You just concluded that you are a grasshopper. So to themselves, nobody called them. None of the Anakians, or the what do you call them now? The Canaanites, Anakims rather, saw them and said, ah, these small tiny guys are arm robbers. No. They concluded by themselves that they were they were grasshoppers and that they were seeing them as grasshoppers. So the problem was self. All you were seeing was self. All you were looking at was you. You never considered who is living on the inside of you. You never considered who was, ah, Gabba, who has decided to tabernacle inside of you. You never considered the God that you were carrying. Oh, look, 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 look at this. They saw the, themselves and guess what? They also focused on the Anakians, the Anakims. They never focused on God. God never came up in their equation. So they were only looking at themselves. Small me, big problem. Small me, big problem. Small me, giant. Small me, giant. Small bank account, bad economy. Small in size, big issue. Small job, big bills. Small resource, big problems. Small me, big issues. Small me, in my little house, insecure area. I have no policemen to guard me. Insecurity. All they were saying was that, but they never realized that there was a third person in the equation. The one who gave the instruction in the first place. The one who said, I want you to get up from where you are in Egypt. And who had worked miracles to bring you out of Egypt. He worked a miracle to drag you through the Red Sea. And now he had done mighty things. And you forgot who brought you to where you are. And you were looking at your little pretty self. I know you're pretty, but your beauty didn't get you to where you are right now. I know you're intelligent, but your smartness didn't get you there. I know you're rich, but that small coin in your pocket couldn't do it. I know you're connected. You have a good family, but your family name could not have done what God did in your life. So they forgot that God did something in their lives. And they were focusing on them, them, me, 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 self-centeredness. They were never God-centered. They were self-centered. But the two men realized that they were small, but they said, we have a big God. Ah, and that big God that lives inside of me, guess what? It makes me 1,000 times bigger on my inside than I am on the outside. It makes me 1,000 times wiser on the inside than I am on the outside. It makes me 1,000 times greater on my inside than I am on the outside. It's not about me. It's not about them. It's about God. Hey, it wasn't about the Israelites. It wasn't about the Anakims. It wasn't about the problem. It was about the God who said it. And if God said it, he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. Has God said it? And he will bring it to pass. I've come to talk to somebody here this Sunday morning. I don't know what they told you on the outside. I don't know how big that situation is. I don't know how impossible you think it can happen but if there is a God on your inside who has given you that instruction he's going to bring it from the inside and get it out on the outside slap your neighbor a high five tell him I have a God on the inside and that God makes me 1,000 times bigger on my inside than 
I'm on the outside. I might be small to you, but I'm actually bigger than you think. I might be tiny to you, but I'm actually larger than you think. I might be foolish to you, but I'm actually wiser than you can imagine because I carry the omnipotent God on the inside. If he said it, he can do it. I carry the omniscient God who knows all on the inside. Slap your neighbor a high five. Say, slap your neighbor a high five. Tell him you're not a grasshopper because you carry a God. I ain't no grasshopper. I carry the God on the inside. I ain't no little grasshopper. I carry God on my inside. Slap your neighbor a high five. I say, come on, let's go. We can take it. We can make it. We can have it. We can become all God said we will be. If you believe in somebody, say, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not about you. Calm down. It's not about you. It's not about you. You have to realize that there is a God in the equation. That's why you can't fail. Because it's not about you. The same God who made you see the land has the capacity to bring you there. And you guess what? It's not even your business how you get there. It's not your business. Because every battle has its own strategy. So you cannot use the battles of yesterday to fight tomorrow's, I mean the strategy of yesterday, to fight tomorrow's battle. Just calm down. If you know how the children of Israel eventually took over all those lands, all those places, every battle had a different strategy. All they had to do was just listen to God to give them the strategy for this particular battle. It's not, stop, stop. See, if only we can become small, as small as God, uh, how do I put it? As small as we ought to be in our eyes, we'll make it. Your greatest problem is that you, you're, you're filling the space. All you see is you. All you see is you. <laughs> All you see is you. Stop seeing you. God says, stop seeing you, see me. Stop seeing you, see me. A day. If only you can look up, I'm here. If only you can look behind, I day. If only you can look in front, I'm in front of you. Stop looking at the mirror. Forget the tiny you. Look at me. You know, I went somewhere with my wife recently and we saw the vast expanse of what God did through a man of God. <laughs> and I, I was humbled. I was humbled. And I was like, how many years will it take? <laughs> how much money will it take to do this? And while I was doing that, the Holy Ghost rebuked me, shut up! You are, still, you are looking at the man. Can't you see the small, tiny man? It cannot be the man that did it. <laughs> small, skinny guy. It cannot be him. Look for what is behind him. That's what did it. And that same person, that same thing behind him, is behind you too. So if only you can take your eyes away from this, your fat flesh. <laughs> and look at the spirit backing you up. You will not for a second doubt yourself. You will not for a second doubt yourself. And that's where he reminded me, don't forget because I'm in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because I'm in you, I have, I am 1,000 times. You are 1,000 times bigger. Look at somebody say, I'm 1,000 times bigger. On my inside and on the outside. Because I have a God who is with me. I have a God who is with me. It's not about me. It's about my God. It's not about me. It's about my God.
then the last reason, because of time, I wish I could walk this. Ah, look, the year is coming to an end, but one month is simply too small for God to do what he said he would do and it will happen. You can't give up yet because the beginning is just, the year is just starting in God's eye. Absolutely anything can happen. So for somebody who is giving up on that job, giving up on that dream, giving up on that idea, giving up on that thing God said you would do, calm down. God said, I want to show you, I will show you who is really backing you up before the year is over. Ah! I want you to squeeze the hand of the person beside you because I want to go to my seat and respect myself. We have a long service ahead of us. And just squeeze the hand of that person and tell that person, God is with you. Tell him, God is with you. Tell him, God sent you. God's got your back. Tell him you're not a grasshopper. You are not a small insect. You are not a grasshopper. You are not weak. You are not poor. You are not little. You are not ins insignificant. You are not unimportant. You are important because God's got you covered. God's got you covered. Squeeze the hand of that person. That person needs to hear it. Say, stop thinking about yourself. Stop looking at you. Stop looking at your bank account. Stop looking at your small degrees. Stop looking at the fact that you don't have masters. Stop looking at this. Stop looking at that. You're looking at the wrong thing. Look at the extra upon your ordinary. Look at the super on your natural. Look for the God in your situation. Look for the man who sent you. Look for the God who's got you. Hey, yes Lord then God said to me again he said something he said son just a few hours ago he said my foolishness or what men call the foolishness of God is smarter than the greatest wisdom of men so that it might look foolish when you are following God's path calm down that foolish thing you are doing is actually smarter than the wisest of men. And as I was squaring, he said to me, remember Jehoshaphat? How could you have done something you foolish as? There are people trying to kill you. Soldiers, are you singing? You, you left, you told the soldiers, in the second chronicle, you said, go to the back. Let the music ministers come to the front. Foolish foolish. I'm sure his advisors would have gone like, hey, Jeho, we know you were hearing God before, but I don't think you are hearing him now. Please, think about this, the man of God. He said, let the singers go in front and start singing. Soldiers, in fact, put your sword behind you. When they finish what they're doing, you can show up. The foolishness of God is smarter than the greatest wisdom of man. I want to talk to somebody who is doing something absolutely foolish right now. Everybody thinks you're crazy, but you know you hate God. Everybody thinks you've lost it, but you know you what God told you. You remember when you were praying and God said, stay there, because that thing that seems foolish is wiser than anything, any advice anybody can give you. Ha! Huh. 
Abraham and Sarah. Foolishness. You are 90, right? She's 70, whatever it is. Menopause has kicked in. When she was still fresh, you could not have a child. You were entering her room and coming out empty, shooting blank bullets. When she was still fresh, now that she's old, carrying a walking stick is when you want to knock on her door. Foolish man. But God said, God said, through this woman, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. So stay with the woman. So at night, he will go and knock on Sarah's door. Old woman. Sarah, can I come inside? We need to do something. The Bible says Sarah's body was dead. His own body was dead. But the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. When he tried to be wise, see how he got him. You should have remained with that which was foolish because it will produce the results. I wish I had time to walk this. Come on. Voltage, can you say and say? Just like you did before. That's right. Just how wise. Ah, yes. How wise. say this, if God told you obey but if God didn't send you, don't go everybody is jacked by it it looks absolutely foolish to remain here yes. it looks foolish but if God said you should go, go if God did not send you, don't go but I assure you all the experts all the experts again the minority, the majority report all the gurus in survival it makes perfect sense to japa <laughs> sell everything you have and run away but god is still saying somebody stay because that foolish decision you're making in the next 10 years or next five years you will see the wisdom in it you've been married to the man five years trusting god for the foot of the womb it's foolishness for you to keep doing what everybody is doing. I mean, for what, doing what you're supposed to do. The best thing is to go and find somebody. I discovered recently that the that the rate, or oh, is that the word? The number of what am I looking for? Illegitimate children in marriages is higher than you think. To shock you it's higher than we think I think it was a few weeks months ago that mm. the issue of doing paternity tests came up it's more than you think because some people have resorted to using the wisdom of men to go and get pregnant instead of waiting for God to bless them with their husbands so as you go into more into infertility medicine, you begin to hear that these things are actually real everybody's doing it so let's go and do it God punished the devil. The foolishness of God. I want you to write that down. When the word foolishness put in parentheses, the foolishness of God is wiser than the greatest wisdom of men.
Father, we thank you. There's so much you want to pour out today, but I know that the Spirit has conveyed it to them. Do I hear? Minister to one brother, minister to the sister, minister to that man, minister to that woman. It doesn't pay to go through the way of crime to get there. It's foolish to stay on the path of integrity, but then the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Father, I thank you. I've done as you asked me to do, to remind your children they are not grasshoppers. They should remain foolish that you will take them to where you designed for them to be. Father, I ask, oh God, everyone here has one issue or the other that is baffling them, that is challenging them, that is an issue, maybe different from mine. Minister what it means to walk by faith, what it means to walk according to the word of God, and what it means to base our decision on your largeness. Minister it to everyone here in their own particular and peculiar situation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can you sing it? Just how wise Listen to an amazing message by Pastor Chinedu Unwosu of the Bree Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at the Nafil Arcade and Water Park, Vuse Zone 7, and midweek services at the Chiratin Hotel, number 30 Sokode Crescent, Vuse Zone 5. God bless you.